It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills and Joey Madore. From the studios of WATH, this is the Sports Fan, a 970 and 97.1 FM. Connor Mills and Mike alongside Samantha Garcia on this 26th day of July. 6.08 on the clock on this 26th day, again, of July. 90 degrees out and sunny outside in southeast Ohio. Again, alongside Samantha Garcia, Connor Mills. It's the Sports Fan presented by J&K Contracting. CBS News coverage of the Olympics. How about that? Leading us into the sportsman as the U.S. has got some good gold medals. Uh, I think they had fencing and a couple of other first-timers uh, for the U.S., which is uh, pretty neat. Uh, we got a lot to talk about during the show today. The Ohio 1804 TBT tournament did not go well for uh, Bobcat alumni as they lost to zip em up 91-67. It was a series win for the Cincinnati Reds over the weekend over the St. Louis Cardinals, but... The Reds need a little bit more than just a couple of series wins. They need a little bit of luck to get back into the standings. And, of course, all the news surrounding the SEC, the Big 12, and what could be happening with some conference realignment as we get closer and closer to the start of the college football season. 740-592-6646, the number to call in. Right here on the Sports sports Fan, Sam, how are you? You got a little ahead of yourself there, Connor. But, you know, I'm doing good, can't complain. It's It's a little more human than I would like. Um, outside, but like you said, tons of sports to talk about. I'm excited. Yeah, and uh, of course, you know, we talked a lot about on Friday with the Cleveland Indians, uh, how the Indians have changed their name to the Guardians. Haven't heard too much uh, news about that after, you know, just kind of, you know, break the news and talk about it. Um, you know, but we, uh, again, a lot of stuff to talk about, a lot of good things coming up this week. And of course, on Thursday, uh, we will be all tuned in to the NBA draft as we see where Jason Preston goes. I know he was, uh, you know, had a couple of workouts, one with the Lakers. And, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking that Preston probably goes between late first round and I'd say early to mid-second round. Somewhere in that ballpark, you'll probably see Jason Preston's name up on that draft board. But a big week in sports. And, uh, of course, it all starts uh, today. But first with the... Uh, Let's talk about that TBT tournament that, that happened uh, over the weekend, right? Uh, this was not a great game for Ohio uh, or Ohio 1804. Uh, they did have a couple of roster changes at the last moment. Uh, they did not have Nick Kellogg, Stevie Taylor, and Reggie Keeley. Uh, they were all unavailable that night. They had a couple of things going on in their life that they could not make the tournament for. Um, and, you know, the, the, uh, the talent there you know, obviously was missed because... You know, Ohio 18:04 lost to zip them up, 91 to 67, in just a, uh, a kind of a, a blowout game. Uh, not the way that you wanted Ohio to start uh, their look in the TBT tournament. Yeah, I don't think anyone you know was expecting that loss to be so dramatic. You know, maybe a little bit right shy of 30 points, but you know, I think it's more the recognition that Ohio was able to get. You know, having guys that. You know, have gone through the whole system here, but just getting the 1804 and Ohio University up, and you know, playing in this kind of stuff—it's it's just making the school bigger, getting more engagement. So, you know, I was happy to see them do what they did. You know, I'm gotta have some uh, pride in what they do. Right, and again, it, it's good that they were able to be in the tournament. It's good that they were able to play, um, but you know, you, you got to figure out a way to be better next year, right? I mean, you want to continue the tradition you want to try to build upon the tradition uh they've set the foundation uh but you do have to get uh, a little bit better and, and, and a little bit more competitive uh as you continue on in the tbt tournament because again i mean it was a looked like a bad brutal loss uh in that game so again that's it's year one see what happens next year see what happens the year after they have to continue to build on continue to get better uh and hopefully you know more alumni and and uh that they, they'll join, they, they want to play in the tournament. I mean, if you have a couple of guys on this team uh, who decide you know, not to try to advance to the next next level, uh, I think you have a pretty talented team here. Uh, obviously, with Jason Preston most likely moving on to the next level into the NBA. Uh, again, we'll, we'll cover that draft on Thursday. But, um, you know, it, it's maybe you see somebody like Vanderplas join the tournament, Dwight Wilson. 
right? Somebody uh, you know, from this team could could potentially help them out in the near future. But again, uh, bad loss for the uh, Ohio 18 team, uh, 1804 team in the TBT. Uh, but again, lay that foundation, get better, use this year, build upon it, and uh, and try to improve for next year. That's really at the end of the day what what they have to do. Yeah, and you know, just being able to kind of get their foot in the door, like you said, year one for them in this tournament. And, you know, you can only go up from here, get more engagement and whatnot. But just, you know, Connor, I feel like we should just jump right into this whole college talk. I mean, a lot of schools as far as Oklahoma, excuse me, I'm getting a mix up, Oklahoma University and University of Texas have decided that they are not going to continue in their conference and looking to move forward. I mean, that's some big news. All right, and I'll read you the uh, excerpt here from the Associated Press. Oklahoma and Texas took the first formal step moving towards the Southeastern Conference. They notified the Big 12 that they would not be renewing an agreement that binds the league's members through 2025. The school sent out a joint statement that made no mention of the SEC, and they said they intend to honor agreements that give the conference control of the school's media rights. Those arrangements run concurrent with the Big 12's television contracts with ESPN and Fox. Texas and Oklahoma have been in discussions with the SEC about joining the league, though neither of the two schools nor the powerhouse conference has acknowledged that publicly. Now, I was following along on Twitter, and of course this is uh, pretty big news. I mean, even the Mountain West Conference put out a statement as they're looking to to try to figure out how they can be impacted by this conference realignment should it happen. Uh, But the first big step that needed to be taken was that uh, media rights and the uh, agreement that they were not going to, uh, you know, renew that agreement that binds the league members through 2025. Since they notified the Big 12, um, you know, that it looks like that's on the trajectory that they are on. Uh, yesterday, they came out with a statement that said, you know, the Big 12 commissioner and a couple other presidents and athletic directors met with the University of Oklahoma and Texas to try to figure out a way how they can both work together. Uh, but this almost uh, certainly sets it in stone. And, Sim, the one reason why they can't confirm that they're going to the SEC or uh, not or, but and why they're saying that they're going to honor the agreement is for all legal reasons. The first big step uh, to to withdraw from the Big 12 and try to apply for the SEC was sending that notification to the Big 12. And, of course, that happened earlier today. But they can't be saying that, you know, they plan to, you know, not honor it through 2025 because that's what the agreement says that they were going to do. But now is the legal battle where how can they get out of that and join the SEC, which I think that there is some way that they're going to be able to do that. And the SEC has really kind of just been the powerhouse of all the divisions. And if we're going to specifically look at football, you know, to do that, LSU and Alabama have kind of been holding on to that rock for a while now. So integrating schools like Oklahoma and Texas, having them join, you know, it can maybe spread out that wealth a little bit more evenly throughout the SEC. And, you know, maybe they don't specifically go there. They make a new kind of big 16 or the Pac-16. You know, this is, I think it's a smart move. It's um, getting more teams to play other schools, which is obviously a no-brainer. But at the same time, you know, you're expanding conference games. You're getting different talent amongst other teams. I mean, you know, I think this is a step in the right direction. It might make some people upset, you know, that maybe would want to stick with the consistency. But why not switch things up? Why not have some more fun rivalries? And, you know, just in the past couple of years, I think Alabama and LSU have won the conference title probably since 2015 or won the last five of the seven years that, you know, they have been in football. And, you know, you look at these schools that, like schools like Oklahoma and Texas, they're mainly football schools. You know, this move wasn't really made specifically for one sport. Obviously, they're not just trading for one specific sport, but there is a lot of money in football, and especially college football. That's something that anyone, you don't even need to really be a college football fan to know this kind of stuff, but I think the expansion is going to be fun if they do end up being able to do that and as quickly as they have. Right, and, and the big question is, you know, when? Right. Yeah. That that's the the question on the tip of everybody's tongue. Are they going to be able to do this before athletics starts? Now it seems like they are going to do it. Right. It seems like after they sent that notification earlier today that they this is the path that they are going to take. Whether it's the SEC, which has been heavily reported, uh, or another conference, it's again nothing is set in stone yet. Other than 
they sent that notification to the Big 12 saying that they will not, you know, have have that uh, contract renewed. Uh, now they will have to try to get out of that contract to join a, a different conference this year. But uh, all that has not happened yet. So right now they're still in the Big 12. Uh, but as it looks like, it's probably going to go to the SEC. And when the SEC, if they do accept them, and it looks like they would, the only real school that has any issue with expanding the SEC was Texas A&M because they didn't want Texas to also be in the SEC. But this is going to create kind of a, a pod setup is what a lot of people have been reporting to where you could have pods by location, which would have teams like Mizzou, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, and Tennessee all in one, as well as uh, Florida, South Carolina, Georgia, and Auburn, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Alabama, and LSU. You can have a couple of historical pods, whether it's Mizzou, Texas A&M, Texas, Oklahoma. Uh, you could also have balanced, right? So you can separate kind of the powerhouses in football between Oklahoma being in pod number one, LSU in two, Alabama in three, and then Georgia in pod four. Uh, but it, it's going to change up kind of how it looks across college athletics. And let's be honest, Sam, I mean, the main reason why they're doing this, number one, is because it's money. But number two, this is a big football move. They would not be doing this if it was not for football. Uh, you know, SEC is good in foot, uh, is good in, in sports like basketball and other of the Olympic sports. Uh, but the main moneymaker and the main drive behind the SEC is their contract with ESPN. And, uh, you know, it's because of football. Uh, but that's, again, that's, that's really what all this is behind. And I'm interested to see how other things kind of realign uh, if and when this happens, because other teams in the Big 12 are just going to be stranded, you know? Yeah, we. I mentioned that earlier about this is a football move, like you said, and we're not knocking any other sports. I know that um, there's a lot of good uh, Olympic sports that do come from these bigger schools, but making the move for football specifically, I mean, th this is important to note that, also, you know, schools like Kansas, you know, they're trying to make Kansas was one of those schools that kind of made one of the first announcements that they wanted to leave their conference. But we know Kansas is not a football school at all. They're more of a basketball. But then when you look at the broader picture, you're thinking all of these schools that are wanting to change are trying to get into better conferences or, you know, get more exposure from other schools being able to play at a higher level. And we know Kansas, uh, UNC, and Duke have kind of controlled the college basketball world. So maybe they're doing the same thing, but just for a different sport. All right. In Kansas, the Jayhawks are reportedly going to the Big Ten should anything happen in the Big 12. Kansas has not put that letter of notification out there yet. Uh, but, they, again, that's one of the schools that have been rumored. And it's, it's all rumors, right? I mean, I saw, I don't know, a lot of people around the area probably know uh, Marty Bannister, right? Marty Bannister fills in for Russ Eisenstein a couple of times across the, the Ohio uh, Learfield Network. Um, he also does the ESPN Plus, ESPN3 broadcast for Ohio University uh, basketball, women's basketball, and a couple other things. Marty's a great guy. Um, but Marty even put out there uh, one of those quote-unquote rumors, right? Because now it's just a rumor mill that's circulating across all college athletics and one of the most ridiculous rumors that you saw out of there was that OSU, Ohio State, was going to go to the uh, to the SEC, and that's not going to happen. It you makes know? no mean, sense. It, people are just putting out rumors to put out different things, right? I mean, if you say I could say Ohio was going to go join the Pac-12, and somebody would be like, "No way, that's not going to happen," and they click on the story, and then you know it's uh, it's clickbait, right? But it, it's all these different rumors that are out there. Uh, and the only substantiated one, of course, is Oklahoma and Texas uh, going to the SEC. And, of course, uh, you know, a little bit with Kansas. But it also you know, starts kind of this free agent market within conferences, Sam, because now that you, know, you, you smell a little bit of blood, right? Shark smells blood in the water. Big 12 is in trouble. And since the Big 12 is in trouble... Now you're going to have the Pac-12 looking to poach a couple teams from the Big 12. Now you're going to have the Big 10 looking to expand and try to get, you know, the more popular teams out of the Big 12. You have the AAC, right, the American Athletic Conference, looking to get better and get a couple more teams out of there. Or you can have the flip side of that and where the Big 10 looking to poach teams from the ACC, or not the ACC, but the AAC, right? I mean, you have different – it's a, a huge free agent market right now. 
for colleges, which is a little bit different because you know, normally we talk about um, you know, the transfer portal for student-athletes and how that's kind of turned into a little bit of a free agent market too. But now it's schools within conferences, and this would be the big, the uh, first time in, what, 10 years or something that the, the conferences are going to realign uh, something major like this. So it's, I don't know what's going to happen at the end of this, but all I do know, Sam, is that it's going to happen quick because volleyball season is going to start before any other sport, right? They're going to get going, and they're going to get going pretty early. So athletic directors, presidents, conferences need to figure out who's going where before those seasons start. Or if the season starts already, you know, what happens then? Yeah, it's going to be, these next couple weeks are going to be pretty intense when it's going to come down to what schools are going to be doing and the moves that they're making. But at the same time, it's not one school moving between, you know, the pack and something like this. This is a big step for both of these schools. Like you were talking about, does the Big 12, do they try and find two more schools? Do they turn kind of into a different conference? I think there's a lot of things that need to be done, but in such a small amount of time. If we were talking about this back in March, you know, we'd be able to breathe a little bit more because we know that there's more time. But August is right around the corner, and then September comes after that, and sports do not stop, especially at the collegiate level, and all the Big 12, the Big 10, I mean, the Pac-12, SEC, everyone starts. Everyone's watching, all the fans. It's There's not going to be this kind of pause or delay where people are going to have moments to decide what they want. This is all going to come down to the head offices of all these schools figuring it out and figuring it out fast, so... I definitely think there's going to be a a bit of compromise in terms of what schools are going to want to do because as much as every school wants exactly what they want, it's not going to happen. We know there's going to be things that are going to be in the way and money that can't be met. So I think everything is in speculation until it's written down and I see it credited on ESPN. Yeah. I mean, again, it's all rumors until it's out there and confirmed. Um, but here's the other thing and why I'm, I'm talking about poaching colleges, right? Poaching teams from different, different conferences. Uh, Trevor Stevens sent me the, the press release from the Mountain West Conference. And Mountain West Commissioner Craig Thompson says, The Mountain West immediately engaged when we became aware of the potential for conference realignment. That has included gathering information over the past few days from across the industry. And earlier today, their board of directors and directors of athletics convened to evaluate that intelligence and discuss next steps. Their intent is to actively appraise various scenarios, identify potential opportunities, and take actions which can positively impact the trajectory of the conference and their member institutions. They will do their work to confidentially and only they'll do their work confidentially and only comment further as appropriate or necessary. So now you know you see different conferences you know, all right, how do we benefit from this? How do we try to get better? Uh, and to make it local, I haven't seen anything from the Mid-American Conference yet, but if you're going to realign different conferences and try to figure things out, I want to know where the, where the Mid-American Conference stands because you know that's the one that we care about most locally. I mean, we care about the Big Ten, and the Big Ten's doing fine, but what happens with the MAC? You know, are any schools from the MAC going to get a look at uh, different conferences, maybe the AAC, or uh, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. Um, but if, if conferences are going to realign, I think this is going to throw everything uh, off the deep end. Then Texas and Oklahoma won't be the only colleges we're talking about come time for start of football season. And maybe just kind of staying on the Matt conversation, you know, Ohio's kind of got a new face. Although Tim Alvin has been an assistant coach here for a while, you know, him stemming up as head coach, getting a new assistant coach. Ohio has kind of become a newer football school to look at, you know, in terms of pre-season uh, rankings that the MAC does. And again, none of it is true. It's just based off of uh, past stats and current rosters and things like that. You know, maybe Ohio, if we're talking specifically Ohio University, maybe they look to join something a little bit heftier. Or the MAC ends up bringing people bigger schools that would want to maybe play at not a lower level. I'm not calling the Mac a lower level division one school, but you know, up against OSU as the other uh, big football school here in Ohio, you know, you want to look at those things. Well, and there is a, uh, we just got to look at it the way that it is, right? 
It doesn't seem to be anything will happen with Ohio, not until you know later on uh, potentially. But uh, you know, the Mid American Conference is a part of the Group of Five. We say that there's a Group of Five and, and a Power Five. Why? Because there's more money, there's more power in the Power Five in those conferences. If Oklahoma and Texas move away from the Big Twelve, I don't think the Big Twelve will be financially stable. I think the Big Twelve will turn into the Big East. And the Big East isn't in existence. Um, so then again, like you, you got to, the Big Twelve is going to be in big trouble no matter what happens. There's a, again, people are going to be trying and vying for those different schools and trying to bolster their own conference. Uh, and while I don't think anything will happen with Ohio, I think there's a potential for something where Buffalo, but even Buffalo doesn't have a great fix. You know, I don't, I don't see. Because Buffalo is kind of an anomaly in the Mid-American Conference, right? I mean, it's the only team all the way up north, uh, you know, northeast, right? It's the furthest uh, besides a couple of different schools that are aligned with the MAC, like a couple of wrestling schools. Uh, but but Buffalo is kind of out on its own. But there's no real great conference for them to be in anyway. I mean, they're they're an okay Mid-American Conference school. They've had a lot of success in football. They've had a lot of success in basketball over the past couple of years. Uh, but, you know, I'd, I don't even see Buffalo leaving. I'd, I'd say that that's probably a likely contender if, if the Mac is going to lose anybody. Uh, but I, I just don't see, they're not going to go to the ACC. Um, I, I think they're going to be stuck in the Mac. Uh, and and this, that's going to be good for, for the Mid-American Conference, and that's, that's going to be good for the rest of the schools. But I don't even know, you know, who would kind of join, you know, the Mid-American Conference if the Mac is trying to position itself to try to grow it and, and get more schools. I don't even know who would be a favorite to try and get uh, you know, into the Mid-American Conference. I, don't, I mean, West Virginia, locational-wise, I think makes sense, but I don't think West Virginia is ever going to go into the Mid-American Conference. I think they're, they're going to get you know, a bigger look at a different conference, whether that be uh, the AAC or the ACC. Um, but it, it's just trying to figure out, you know, if I'm uh, you know, the commissioner of the Mid-American Conference, you got to pounce on this opportunity to try to grow the conference because uh, I don't think you're going to lose anybody, and I think that you can only gain a couple schools depending on how you play it. And I don't really know the history, and I haven't really looked into it, but how did Buffalo, all the way from New York, end up in the Mid-American Conference? I mean, how did that end up? I mean, I'm not asking you to figure it out, but do you know how they ended up in the MAC? I don't know how they ended up, but again, I don't think there's a, a good fit for Buffalo. I mean, they're a, a good school and they have got good athletics, but then again, you know, there's they're not good enough to be in the ACC. Yeah, right. right. I mean, that's where you have Syracuse. That's where you have you know a couple of those schools up and down. You're looking for a Division One conference, um, and you know, ACC is kind of prevalent over there. They're not going to join the Big Ten. Um, so, I mean, the MAC is really one of Buffalo's only options. So. Again, I don't see them leaving. I think that they, if they could leave, I think they would. But I, I think they're stuck in the MAC for at least the next couple of years. Um, but we'll see. You know, we will see uh, what teams do, what colleges do, what universities do, and uh, who lands where come football season. Because again, even though the, the agreement for Texas and Oklahoma is up until 2025. I don't think that we'd be hearing about this conversation unless they knew that they could get out of that agreement here in 2021 to join the SEC. Because then all this talk and all that, everything that you know, people have been talking about for the past couple of you know, days now uh, would all be irrelevant for the next couple of years. So th there's got to be some kind of way that they get out of that agreement so that they can join the SEC, what seems to be for this upcoming year, if not for next year. Um, well, that... Again, that's just my opinion on that because, again, why would we be talking about it now unless, you know, they could get out of that agreement, right? So we will see. We'll see what happens. Uh, but that sets off a firestorm across college athletics, all across Division One. We will see what schools realign to where, and it's going to have to happen pretty, pretty quick uh, because the, the seasons are starting uh, pretty soon with volleyball kicking things off. I think they're the first sport uh, to get ready in, in, uh, in game shape. And then, of course, football uh, being the big one and the deciding factor on why uh, Texas and Oklahoma are leaving. It was a big weekend for the Cincinnati Reds. I took two of three from the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, 
They got to do a little bit more, though. You know, they they, they got to secure that bullpen. Coming up on Friday is the trade deadline. We see which way the Reds are going to go. Do they be sellers? Do they be buyers? Are they going to be healthy enough? Sonny Gray didn't look good. But we'll talk about that on the other side of the break. And, of course, the Reds are back in action tonight as the Cincinnati Reds uh, take on the... Chicago Cubs. Oh, I I knew you were setting me up for me to say that because you know I'm a uh, <laughs> Chicago native. But, yeah, starting that series off tonight will be exciting. But, again, 7.35 tonight for the pregame for the Reds. We'll talk about it coming up next. And, of course, our phone lines are open. Jump in on the conversation at 740-592-6646. This is the Sports Fan presented by J&K Contracting on 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. I'm Tom Wong. I'm running for Congress, and I approve this message. My parents were Christians who fled communist China in 1949, and my faith has grown stronger as I've grown older. I'm not a politician or a lobbyist. I love America and want to make it even better. I ask for your vote on August 3rd. On August 3rd, vote for Tom Huang. Vote Tom Huang for Congress. Paid for by Tom for Ohio. He's not a politician or a lobbyist. Hi, I'm Kim. And this is Ruth. Please join us every Wednesday morning on 970 WATH to make it happen. It's the Kim and Ruth Show. What's well, happening? It's not the Kim and Ruth Show. It's really. Tune in to Make It Happen with Kim and Ruth every Wednesday morning at 10.06. And we'll spend time talking about health and wellness topics and all aspects of healthy living. But we know that you're the real expert in your health, so let us help you make it happen. Wednesday morning on 970 WATH to Make It Happen. Lifelong ambitions, national pride, and fierce competition are in full display in Tokyo, and we're here to bring you the results and the drama behind them. CBS Sports Briefs from the Summer Games, your ticket to history. On Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the sports fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. Let's be honest. The National Symphony may not be in his future, but he wanted to try violin. So you said yes because you love him. And if you love him that much, love him enough to make sure he's buckled up and in the back seat. Find out more about keeping your kids safe in your vehicle at nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. This is the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. <laughs> Sportsman 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. Also streaming online at 970WATH.com. Mills the mic alongside Samantha Garcia. We go all the way up until 7 o'clock today. And then the Cincinnati Reds come your way at 735 for the pregame with first pitch set for, I believe, 805. Uh, but again, it's the Cincinnati Reds at 51 and 48 against the Chicago Cubs at 49 and 51. The Cubs have already... Uh, started to sell off. They had the Jock Peterson trade, uh, but they are waving the white flag uh, for this season. We know that they were going to be sellers uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, but it wasn't until that Jock Peterson trade that we really knew that the, the Cubs were, were going to be sellers and that was going to be confirmed. But a couple guys in that lineup that could be uh, trade deal, trade bait, uh, of course, Chris Bryant and the um, Javier Baez. Uh, are two names that have been rumored around for the Chicago Cubs. And who knows? I mean, this Cincinnati series, uh, you could see Chris Bryant traded away. You could see Baez traded away. You could see uh, Craig Kimbrell traded away. But, you know, that's all speculation until that point. And just to wrap up what we were talking about on the other side of the break, um, Dan Wolken 
And this was, uh, I, I follow somebody called Amy Dash on Twitter. And Amy Dash uh, really does a, a tremendous job with how she covers the legality uh, across sports. You know, she's talking about the Deshaun Watson stuff uh, with his 22 uh, you know, sexual assault allegations that are against him right now. Uh, she was talking about the Trevor Bauer uh, litigation and what all that stuff that's going on with Bauer right now since he's not pitching uh, because of the domestic violence, uh, you know, allegation against him. Um, but Amy Dash does a tremendous job, and she, quote, retweeted Dan Wolken from USA Today. And Dan Wolken writes, do not write that Texas and Oklahoma intend to honor the grant of rights until 2025. They do not. They are saying they do because they have to legally for now, which is, again, the, the point that I, I was trying to make, and you know, Sam kind of agrees with me, that um, you know we, we wouldn't be talking about it as intense as we are if we didn't think that this was going to happen sometime soon, whether it, not, whether it be this year or next year. It's going to happen, and, and it's really going to happen pretty quick. And I think just with staying on the topic of things going quick, the deadline for the since not even Cincinnati Reds, but all across the MLB, the trade line, it's this week. It's this Friday, the 30th, is when all the trades are going to be. You talked about for, you know, the Cubbies having some guys that, you know, may get traded away as early as next week. But, you know, if we're flipping over the Reds, you have Cassiano still out on a 10-day I.L. A lot of guys not performing at the level you want, but... You know, who are you looking for? Kind of just your opinion. I kind of like to pick your brain sometimes on here. But who do you have for the Reds that, you know, you could believe has a little bit of worth under them for the Reds to trade away? Well, obviously, the, the couple of guys that you're going to get a lot of uh, value out of uh, are guys like Jesse Winger and Castellanos. But I think this year they are kind of untouchable, right? They, they would be uh, the two guys on my untouchable list from the Cincinnati Reds. I think... And you know what? I'll even throw in Joey Votto in there too, because I don't think you're ever going to trade away Joey Votto. He's going to be a lifetime red. I, I really don't see Joey Votto going anywhere. Um, he'll he'll probably retire as a Cincinnati red. But I think anybody else on that lineup could be open for discussion. Um, and, and I say that, and probably Jonathan India won't be there because he's a rookie and he's having a nice year. Uh, you know, he could be your future second baseman for the next. You know, a couple of years, depending on how he does. I mean, he's batting 277 right now, eight home runs, uh, 38 RBIs. Really thrived in that leadoff spot for Cincinnati since he got put there. But I'd say outside of India, Winker, and Votto, as well as Castellanos, but Castellanos obviously is on the IL right now. Um, outside of those four guys, I'm listening to trades for anybody. Uh, even uh, a part of the starting pitching. Now, even... But that, that just depends on which way Cincinnati wants to go this year, right? Because yeah. Cincinnati has to make up their mind if they want to go for it or if they think that the division has already been won by the Milwaukee Brewers and they can't chase down uh, the wild card spot, which is currently held by the San Diego Padres. Because if you take a look at it right now, Cincinnati sits five and a half back on San Diego. San Diego has a winning percentage of uh, 569. Cincinnati... 515 winning percentage, 51 wins, 48 losses. Again, four and six over the last 10 games. But uh, you know, it's 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 a tough decision because do you try to build for the future again? I know that the Reds really want to go for it and they want to be contenders now and they want to be contenders 10 years from now. Uh, they're they're tired of the uh, you know kind of the story around them being you know not a good baseball team. You know they they had to sit through a couple of down years and. These past couple of years were supposed to be, especially with the big signing of Mike Moustakis, kind of a resurgence of the Reds, right? And that just hasn't happened yet. I mean, Moustakis has been injured. You had a couple guys on the injured list. Uh, but your bullpen hasn't pitched up to the expectations. Your starting pitchers have you know, now been inconsistent. So, I mean, it's really up to what the general manager wants to do with the Reds right now because you're not technically out of it, but you are sitting six and a half back on Milwaukee. You're sitting five and a half back on the wild card, and the trade deadline is Friday. So they got to make up their mind. Do they want to be sellers or do they want to be buyers? And you, you bring up a good point about maybe the pitching is something that has been the struggle all season long. You and Joey have been talking about it. I finally hopped on the train alongside you guys talking about that. The Reds' bullpen 
is not consistent enough. They're not getting the numbers that they've been wanting out. The hitting, we know they can hit the ball. They're maybe not as consistent. I know baseball, there's a lot of games. You know, not every night you're going to be perfect and have uh, positive outlooks. But at the same time, really the only guys in the bullpen that we're really looking at is Wade Miley, who's kind of been the man the past couple games. But he's a pitcher. He can't pitch every night. The past couple games that he's pitched in, they've won and done well. And you know that when... A team pitches well, a lot of things can go right for them. But when the pitching's off, we've seen the Reds struggle to get a few wins by. So you've got Wade Miley, Tyler Malley, who we've seen, he's got an ERA just under shy of four. But Wade Miley's kind of the guy that has led the Reds to as many wins as he's got when he's played. Yes, he's only three and two so far, but the man can pitch. And we talked about it a lot when he's in the game. They do well, so, you know. You trade the guy that's been having a lot of success and one of the lowest ERAs kind of in the division, or do you keep him and try and build off that and maybe let go of the guys that, you know, like you talked about, maybe not Jesse Winker, maybe not Cassianos, but maybe some of these fresh guys that are just dipping their toes in or just got up to the big leagues. You know, it's it's exactly like you said. They got to figure out if they want to, quote, unquote, throw the towel in now or kind of hold out on hope, you know, that they won that series um, against the Cardinals, but the Cardinals were only one game under them on the leaderboard. So, you know, they might have to dig a little bit harder, but this trade deadline coming up, it's it's worrying me as a Reds fan. Uh, and here's the thing, too, right? If Let's say that the Reds want to get younger. I don't want to say throw in the towel, because I think no matter what they do, their hitting is still going to keep them at or above 500, but it might not propel them into the postseason, which is what they're looking for. Uh, but one of your biggest trade pieces potentially could be Wade Miley. I mean, Wade Miley's 34 years old, and he's having a, a basically his, his best season, right? I mean, Wade Miley has a sub-3 ERA. He's currently 8-4 and four with a 2.72 uh, ERA. 17 games started this season, 102 innings pitched, 84 strikeouts. I mean, Miley has been really really good and really consistent this year. So he's the guy that you, you're probably going to get a lot of uh, offers and a lot of calls about because, again, he's having a career year. If you're Cincinnati, you can sell him high. There are teams who are going to go out and give you a lot of top prospects for a, a pretty good starting pitcher. And, I mean, even I don't think that you know the Reds and the Mets are going to trade, but the Mets need starting pitching. There's a lot of other teams across baseball that are contenders that need starting pitching. And if the Reds are going to go into sell mode, I think they're going to get the biggest return, to answer your question, off of Wade Miley. Uh, however, if they do go into sell mode, then that means you know you don't know what that rotation is going to look like moving forward. I even think the rotation is even questionable now. Uh, it's been a nice resurgence from you know, uh, Luis Castillo because Castillo was just awful in the beginning of the year. He had close to an 8 ERA. He's lowered that now to a 4.2. He had a wonderful pitching performance his last time out against the St. Louis Cardinals where the Reds beat the Cardinals 5-3. to three. Uh, Castillo went seven innings, only allowed one run, five hits, struck out nine. Um, bullpen did the job just about all the way through. Brock uh, gave up two runs. But, again, you, you, I don't think you're going to trade Castillo. The biggest trade candidate I would see is either somebody in the outfields uh, Aristides Aquino, uh, Shogo Akiyama. I think you have a little bit of a logjam out there, so you can get rid of somebody out there. Or if you're going to be sellers, you can get rid of, uh, you know, Miley. Even though Miley's been your best pitcher, you have to give up talent to get some talent. And I think you could really sell uh, Wade Miley high with the way that he's been pitching this season. So, again, it, it's up to the general manager for the Reds. What do the Reds want to do? Do they think that they're still in the division? Can they make up some ground on the Milwaukee Brewers? Or are they going to throw it in? I don't know. But that that question is going to be answered pretty soon on Friday. Yeah, I, I agree with you that they will get a lot of money for Wade Miley if that's, you know, who they're going to be looking to. But he, like you said earlier, and I just got to emphasize it again, he's really the most consistent guy. He's got the best numbers pitching. He does great when he starts, but... That's all they really got when they're on. We know they have the batting. We know that the batting's there. But 
Pitching is just as important as hitting. And I think to beef up this lineup, the bullpen a little bit more, they're going to need more consistent pitchers. So as much as, and again, this is just my opinion, who I have no credentials in knowing really good stuff about baseball, but I will say my opinion, you know, why not keep the guy that's doing the best work for you and getting the most kind of crowd to, you know, maybe encourage other players that kind of want to come and pitch with him. And, you know, as much as he's a lot of talent and he's been in the league for almost 11 seasons now, you know, and he's starting to pick up, right? And not, I wouldn't call this his prime, but, you know, he's doing well now. Why not keep him and let him roll? Why throw him out on the streets just for money? And I, and I know that it's a business as well, much as... You can, get, you can definitely get some prospects, not only money from, for Wade Miley, but you're definitely you're looking to get, you know, maybe a couple of bull, young bullpen arms... Maybe, I, I think for Wade Miley, if you get a top 15 prospect in somebody's farm system, maybe one or two top 20 prospects, uh, I, I think that that's a, probably a good haul for Wade Miley, who's 34, but having a pretty good year this year. So, again, it, it's, do you want to see him go? Not really. But then again, if you want to get better for the future, if you want to get a couple more prospects in here, you know, you're going to have to give up something. And if you're not going to be going for it this year, if you make that determination, if the front office says, you know what, 2021 is just not our year, then you got to look at Wade Miley and be like, all right, well, he's the best pitcher that we have. It's a little bit of a pitcher's market right now. There's a couple of injuries across baseball that, you know, and every team always needs good pitching. Uh, so you can probably sell uh, Wade Miley pretty high and, and get a, a good haul back for him. Uh, as we get closer and closer to the trade deadline, but uh, you know, not only just you know cash, but uh, you know, probably a, a couple of good prospects from somebody's farm system across baseball. Where Wiley would go, I don't know. I mean, the Mets again need pitching. Uh, yeah, Giants, Dodgers, Padres, somebody who's in contention, uh, they can always go for some good pitching. Uh, and and maybe a team over in the American League too, somebody who who thinks that they can still go for it. Um, but again, that that's just which way do the Reds want to go? Do they want to go and sell, or do they want to go and buy? If you're a Reds fan, of course you want them you want them to be buyers. But from a front office standpoint, what makes the most sense? Get better next year, or try to get better in the short term for this year, and give up prospects which could help you in the future. I don't know. Well, we got a couple more days to talk about that uh, coming up. So, you know. I think it's going to be fun. I think the series against the Cubs, I know we got to take a break, I think, if my uh, radio knowledge is up to date. But I think this Cubs series is going to be important for the Reds just to see where they can stand and see if it's they're going to still be able to make some power moves. And if the guys that they're looking to sell can uh, raise their prices a little bit more in terms of their stats, I think it'll be a good weekend. And, of course, it's the Red at. Reds at the Cubs. It's a four-game series that starts tonight at 8.05 with the pregame starting right here across the Reds radio network at 7.35. That game is played in Chicago at Wrigley Fields and should be a good one tonight. We'll step aside for a quick break. Phone lines open, 740-592-6646. I'll be right back. This is the Sports Fan presented by JNK Contracting, a 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. Quality. You hear that word a lot in commercials, but there's one business in town whose quality and prices are unsurpassed. I'm talking about Minuteman Press on Washington Street right next door to the Donkey Cafe. Uptown. You see, Minuteman Press is a hybrid. First, it's a full-service sheet-fed press where they can create great art to meet your needs that the other places are simply unable to do. And they're also a complete copy shop as well. Minuteman Press on Washington between Court and Congress. 593-7393. That's 593-7393. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the sports fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. Are you struggling to pay out-of-pocket Medicare costs? Your deductibles, co-payments, and prescription medication can really add up. Buckeye Hills Regional Council can help you navigate confusing signups and help you save money. Medicare savings programs such as extra help or low-income subsidy are available. Call 1-800-331-2644 for free over-the-phone assistance with enrollment. No waiting, no travel, just one phone call. 
That's 1-800-331-2644. Have you heard of Project Rise? Are you a parent in Athens, Meigs, Perry, or Vinton counties? We provide internships, job shadowing, work study, transition planning, and graduation coaching. All students and parents have free access to these resources. For more information, please find us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. There are numerous free events and resources that you need to know about. Act now. Project Rise will help you with your future after high school. Follow us on Facebook at AMESC Project Rise. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Live and local, the sports fan on 970 WATH. Sportsman 970 97.1 FM WATH. Mills the mic alongside Samantha Garcia. Got you for about seven more minutes until we throw it to CBS News at the top of the hour. And of course, you can get your Olympic updates right here at 6 a.m., 9 a.m. 12, 3, 6, and 9. So we keep you up to date on the Olympics all throughout the day right here on 970, 97.1 FM, WATH, and, of course, online at 970WATH.com or on your Android or iOS devices. Uh, we got the app. A couple of things for the Cincinnati Bengals before we let you go. Uh, Field Yates on Twitter reports that the uh, in the NFL the Bengals have selected or have signed Reese Horn, who has previously played in the XFL and the AAF. Uh, their workouts have started. They have looked pretty good at, at this point. Uh, and Joe Burrow has been fully cleared, but is probably unlikely to uh, to play in the in the preseason games. You know, he's, he's not going to risk anything in the preseason games. He's going to get his practice in, and then we'll, uh, we'll be ready to go for the Vikings in week number one. The other news for Cincinnati today, as the Cincinnati Bengals have given defensive end Sam Hubbard a four-year contract extension. Hubbard is a Cincinnati native who played at Ohio State and was entering into the fourth season of his rookie deal. He was a third-round draft pick, 77th overall in 2018. He has played in 44 career games and has 16.5 sacks, third most among all players from his draft class. The 26-year-old Hubbard, has been the full-time starter at right defensive end since 2019. His extension was announced two days before the opening of training camp. So, uh, again, that's the uh, Cincinnati news. Joe is fully cleared. Uh, Sam Hubbard has the extension, and the Cincinnati Bengals have signed another wide receiver to join that offensive talent uh, all around on that uh, offensive team. And, you know, the decision to sign another four-year deal, I think it's going to be good to have extend his contract a little bit, give the Bengals some time to work with him, you know, instead of a one-year max contract deal. They're keeping him on for a little bit longer. Obviously, that doesn't mean he's going to stay the full four years, but they gave him that. But, you know, Joey always talks about how the uh, Bengals' defense is no bueno, and they're going to need to change that up a bit. But, you know, signing a guy that has had put up some great numbers, he's been positive all season. Uh, last season he had uh, 33 solo tackles. He's really working his way up. Just in terms of stats, if you look at him, you know, over the past three years, 108 solo tackles, you know, for him. So we know that he's eager to do something. So I'm excited for the Bengals this season. I, I It's really one of those things where I don't think I'm going to know until they actually start week one. But in terms of preseason, I'm not going to be looking too much into it. Uh, there was rumors, again, this isn't 100% valid or checked off, but that Joe Burrow won't even probably play in the preseason games just to uh, keep them as fresh as they can and just avoid injury at all costs. So. You know, once week one starts, Connor, I'll come back in here and tell you my words about the Bengals. But until then, I will just uh, continue to be positive. Yeah, I mean, we're not really going to know what this team has to offer until we see, you know, the full team out there. And you're not going to get the full team until week one against the Vikings. Right? I mean, that that's, again, 
Uh, Sports Illustrated SI.com is reporting all Bengals that uh, that Joe will probably not play in the preseason games. Uh, so you're not even going to. And preseason's just you know, a couple games. You get your feet underneath you. You get hit a little harder than, than you would in, in a practice. Um, so you, you got to see what this team is made of week number one. I think that it is a winnable game in week one. I know Cincinnati has top five hardest schedule this year, which makes wins and losses yeah, pretty hard to to, uh, to judge, right? Uh, but I will say that, you know, this team can be fun. I think this offense is set up to put a lot of points up on the board. Uh, but you have to look at it from, from both sides and where the defense needs to step up. The defense needs to put pressure on the quarterback and, uh, you know, not give up those two-minute drill touchdowns that they gave up last year. I mean, it seemed like every single time that we, they were within two minutes. I mean, not always, but the two-minute drill hit, that team was scoring. And it, it, it just you know blew my mind because I knew they were going to give up a touchdown every single time that went into the two-minute drill. And it seemed like it happened every single time. I don't know why. Uh, but, but the defense had a lapse in coverage, didn't tackle, and just gave it up. And uh, yeah, the defense has to improve. That, that's just the bottom line. That's it. No, nothing else to it. Just short and sweet. But like you said, football season's creeping up. I know it still seems like a mile away, but at the same time, it's just around the corner. So excited to talk more about that coming up. And of course, I can't wait for the uh, high school football season. See what the Athens Bulldogs have to offer and what all of our area teams have to offer, right? A lot of expectations coming out of Trimble, coming out of Gloucester, as the Tomcats, seems like year in and year out, Phil Ferris has that team ready to go. And it's uh, shaping up to be a pretty, another exciting year. Buckeyes, Nelsonville, York Buckeyes should have a good year. What does Alexander have? What does, uh, you know, Federal Hawking have, right? We, did, we didn't call a game of Fed Hawks last year, but it should be uh, an interesting high school football, college football and the NFL season coming up next. For Samantha Garcia, this is Connor Mills signing off. Appreciate you listening in. And again, Cincinnati Reds coming your way at 735 right here on 970 WATH. Talk to you tomorrow. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH FM.